Southside on the course. The squad discusses upcoming two-parter of Stranger Things on Netflix. Part one, part two, and they talked about the Star Trek movie reboot. Hey, four, fifth, six times a charm. And they discuss Picard on Paramount Plus and Marlon and Ray talk about Sifu and Horizon Forbidden West. And guess what? George R. R. Martin still hasn't written that goddamn book, but he did have time for a video game. That's what happened last time. But see what's happening today, now on Geekboard. Welcome to Geek Force, the show where pop culture rules all. I'm your host, Kat. With me today is the amazing and awesome G-Squad of Marlon, Ray, and Eming. Welcome back, you guys, to a brand new episode. How's everyone doing? We're doing so good. So, so <laughs> glad to be back. Just calm energy throughout throughout the group right now. We're just no chaotic energy around no chaotic here. It's just energy. calm, friendly. Vibes. Says the fire and air signs in the room. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I yep. mean. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I don't I know mean, what I'm talking about. Hey, in my defense, everything was okay and all right. You have no defense. Until the no fire defense. nation attacked. <laughs> my people. Sorry, we did it. You set it up, evening, and you know I stay ready. <laughs> is it too soon well, for me to quit well hey no, you know speaking you're of here forever, you're forever. Um, and speaking of heat and light and the sun and all things melanin it's black history month y'all it's- yeah <laughs> well sadly i mean yes it's still black history month but sadly this is the last like weekend day of black history month um but we are going to make it super celebratory in a way where today we're going to kind of dive into today's uh popular black sitcoms out like on streaming uh apps and stuff Mm -hmm. and we have so much to explore and examine and to to discuss um but first i want to talk about um abbott elementary it's on hulu it has it was created by quentin um Vincent, I think that's her last name, but Quinta of BuzzFeed uh, fame. If you don't remember who Quinta was, her first, her most famous video is the date movie uh, video where she like, oh, he got money. <laughs> Iconic line of this of this century. Like, oh, he got money. He got money. Oh, I love her. Um, she has been working constantly since like for years on BuzzFeed and on her own content. She was even on HBO's um, The Black Lady Comedic Show where they kind of do sketch comedy. Uh, that was on HBO last year. So for her to have the time to actually sit down and create this uh, show, which is about an elementary school in philly uh and she plays a second grade teacher named janine um it kind of she pulled a lot from her own childhood in philly and just all the craziness from the education system with a lot of really uh crazy characters and adorable and talented kids on that show Mm. now i want to say we're all educators so I feel like that is automatically like you're going to oh. really uh, get into the show. Like for me, I was like, why is this my time working in the elementary? Like, so it was they actually the do back. a really good job of getting the school environment pretty hilariously done. And it's actually so like, like there's some extraness in there because it's a comedy. It's a mockumentary. Like you have to add a little bit of extraness. But there's some situations mm-hmm. in that show that I'm just like, yeah, I, I think I have had a kid ask about a care. Some is the person in the math problem 
why they're pregnant because they thought they were funny in the classroom. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've had that situation mm-hmm. happen. Um, that's that actually, it's, that sounds silly, but I think that's <laughs> put, straight pulled out of a classroom. Yep. That's about right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, also like, uh, Ray and I are two black men and we've been in education before. And Ray, I don't know about you, but I've also, I think at, at times been the only black male staffer uh, in, <laughs> as, a, as a teacher before uh, and have gone to like my classroom and has just been very great. Like I'm going to just make sure the books are ready and things and just not think about the art on my wall or think about the extracurricular things to put on the wall and posters. So I'm like, yeah, my walls are bare, but like I'll put up some kids who, draw things as decorations and i think having tyler james williams be gregory eddie as just like the lone black teacher who's like i'm just here to sub but he just happens to be there he he encapsulates what it means to be a black male teacher because kind of like oh i have to go kind of above and beyond also i'm new at this and also like this is kind of interesting i love that dynamic love having someone who i can connect to as a as a past teacher and the character, Melissa Scamenti, um, I can never with her because my teacher partner goes, <laughs> her name is Marissa Jovacchini. And I remember being like, she also has red hair. And I remember to myself like, oh my God, this is exactly who she is. Uh, she's this awesome uh, Italian woman. I'm just like, oh my God, the parallels, <laughs> the parallels between her classroom being very like strict but fun it's so good and also how she can call like a friend or like someone she knows for like classroom supplies and she's like does anyone want anything and i'm like yes i would like oh i would like some tables please and then having them show up i'm like oh my god did they interview you for this role because this is this is uncanny what's happening on this show right now this is ridiculous <laughs> oh my god well like for real like in my experience i feel really close to uh shirley Ras uh miss howard because i've always had like when i wasn't the only black person on staff I'll, there was always this older black woman and she was always a christian old black woman been working for 30 40 years mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. taking care of the younger stuff but if you're young and black yourself oh my gosh she would look out for you and she would care for you you and you know as us us educators that we care so much about the kids the policy she'd be like don't worry about that don't don't think too much and you see it so excellently presented here because Junie is like this younger teacher who wants to help everyone and cares about it. I identify a lot because I was like that too but Miss Howard is just one of those. I've been there. I've seen that. I know how how it goes. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your energy. You know, stay in your own lane. And it's nice to see that two dynamics because it's like I've lived that life as an educator in an elementary school. So I was like, I love Miss Howard so much. She reminds me of all the shout out to all the older black women that helped me on the job. But if you so if you if you don't understand, it's a mockumentary. It is. It's the office. It's all of these characters are characters. Like it's Parkinson Rec. You know how you you get into these shows and you just love every single character and all their silliness and all their craziness and all of these characters are just fantastic. I uh, the thing that I struggled with at first was it was these these shows. If every all of these shows, The Office, Parks and Rec, I think almost every mockumentary I can think of, the first season feels different than what everything else that follows it. And the first like five or six episodes, I was like, this is funny, but like, I'm not completely sold yet. 
and then the episode came where uh, it was it was two ago. We, I, I remember watching this week's episode. It was the one before this where they talk about work friends and they get to meet her boyfriend in the school. And yeah. that episode, yeah, that's the best once episode. that episode came out, I was like, okay, this this show has a ton of potential and promise. And I really hope it, I'm so glad it's on network TV because the, it should get the space to like do three or four seasons. This show's gonna be fucking amazing the whole time. It's gonna be so good. So yeah, that show. So- that episode was fantastic. Uh, even, but I forgot that these guys, uh, Quinta did uh, Dragon Ball Durag uh, with uh, Thundercat. Yes. And so yes, the, the boyfriend is one of Thundercat's friends. Uh, he's one of Thundercat's Zach producers. Fox, yeah. I can't think, of, I think he's one of the producers on some of that stuff. So, like, it's just really mm-hmm. funny the little small worlds that they kind of throw around. He was great, great character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a great show. It just feels really good, especially if you're in education, if you're black in education. Uh, And the cast is also, again, really great. I mean, you have Shirley Rolfe. I mean, she's literally been like a black TV mom, like that everyone kind of knows and sees. And just seeing her in this role as like the matriarch of the school is fantastic. Uh, And the casting of... uh, (laughs) Of, of Janelle James as Principal oh Ava gosh. Coleman. <laughs> Ava. I that principal. Oh my God. Um, I've worked in like we've all worked in education. We all know someone who is just inept as a leader and just having to work <laughs> around <admin>. them <laughs> and the frustration that comes with them not understanding that they are a burden to your job and still wanting to be your friend and you have to be cordial, but you're just like you're doing a terrible job of everything and all the things I'm doing right now are harder because you stepped in. Uh, I think every episode I go back with you like absolutely hating her and be like, okay, she just doesn't understand. But like, God, she plays that role so good. Like in the first episode when she gets the school money, to help them purchase things. And she says, like, buys a sign for the front of the school with all the emergency money. Everyone's like, we need school supplies. And she was like, yeah, but look at this free publicity. I was just like, oh, my God. No, she didn't. I put the classroom, put the supplies. I fully was like, I, I, I felt hot. I was like, I would be livid. If the emergency funds were spent on something like this, but I'm like, that could potentially happen where it's like, great. Everyone is asking for something for the classroom. We're like, yeah, we need books and things. Awesome. I bought everyone new curriculum books. And it's like, we don't need new curriculum books. We need, <laughs> we need tables. We need chairs. Like, why do we have this book that we're going to read and teach these kids about for just a year? And then the next year, buy new curriculum books. This is a waste of money. Let's put it towards things the kids actually use. So the, the way they're able to go in uh, in with like funny things, but also land on like real world struggles of being a teacher are just done so well uh, that, again, this is going to be in like an office caliber type show that people are going to watch and rewatch over and over again, especially with everyone's favorite favorite white savior uh jacob hill who if you weren't in oakland sf <laughs> richmond any place don't that has about kids, there's always that white staffer who's so woke who, don't who forget about in, Chris like Perfetti. america yeah. or americorps yeah. he's one of those he's one guys of those characters. this show Evie, with a bunch of you're them. gonna love this show Evie. it has everything you every episode you turn on you're just gonna be like this is too real how did they do this why is this so funny <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Jacob, it's every not episode. like triggering, is it? Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. You to watch no, it. No, every it really is. Jacob opens his right. mouth. It's, it's so good. He's, it's just happy. He's like, <laughs> on, on NPR this morning, they were talking about NPR. <laughs> like, oh no, he didn't talk about NPR again. It's goddamn. He, uh, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I think multiple yes. times he's reminded characters <laughs> he he applied to Morehouse. Uh, that's the kind of character yes. he is. I applied there. It's really funny. I I'm so glad he he does it so well. He, I actually really respect that he's played this character so well. He feels so so good at it. Like he's just like, oh yeah, no, I'm just a smug little guy. I can't wait to watch him for two or three seasons too, because uh, that's another yes, character that I love. He, he, mm. Great show. Mm-hmm. And then uh, don't forget, you guys, of the custodian. Yes, oh, yeah. Mr. Johnson. I, I mean, every show Mr. needs Johnson. a screen. Every, every show needs its creed. He's definitely a creed. <laughs> He's the creed. I felt like he was Mr. Jan Etor from Scrubs. He's just like causing trouble in the hallway. True. Yeah. He's like a combination of creed and Mr. Yeah. 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 Love it, folks. He has some one-liners. Well, I mean, the man voted for Kanye. So that was... Once he, he tried to teach once the kids he told me that, I was like... <laughs> The man's like, when the Illuminati yeah. runs the world, kids. That's all you need no. to learn. No. <laughs> <laughs> Illuminati, when he was a sub, I was dying. I was like, don't let that man do No. But it's so good because, again, like, there's a teacher shortage. So, like, I could fully see a, t- a school being like, great, just put someone, just put a body in a room and we'll just have the kids, like, just read a book. And that honestly makes sense. That's yes, also that's real. real. <laughs> so. Another yep. thing is. Um, it's the kids on the show. Like oh, the they're kid their own in their own right, they're amazing stars. So and so funny. they is elementary school, but they also have like uh, I think because Jacob teaches like middle school, um, like you see all these kids that have this behavior. I know all y'all have seen in your own time. And so to see it happen on the screen and to see how these characters react to their behavior, I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah. The episode where those kids are roasting Jacob and, yes. and Gregory's like, you let them talk to you like that? I was like, yes. Tell him he needs to roast them back. You know this <laughs> happened to you. I was like, Poor Jacob. Like, Absolutely not. You don't let that kid call you Gumby and walk away. <laughs> oh my god! But the kids roasted him so good. I was dying. Call what them. these kids were saying about so, him. Uh, Vampire that's... Weekend. I was like, yo. He was like, he was like, sorry, Mister oh Vampire my. Weekend. I was crying. What I love. <laughs> What I love about that so is that they have found a way to give a bunch of black kids that want to maybe be actors one day a bunch of work. But like, there is so they have hired, they have found every black kid actor that they can find to make this show. Like, it actually is very. Uh, I'm just yeah. I'll get these kids on a set. Let them run some lines on Yo. TV. Y'all, you are you are working. This show is great. It's. They, I wonder how many of these kids are from Philadelphia if they like pulled a lot of Philly, Philly kids first and how that worked mm-hmm. out. Uh, so yeah, that's great show. I, I nothing but I praise. Mean, great job, y'all. Thank you, ABC. From the young babies. They, to the ABC babies. has done a good job over the years. Remember NBC? We talk about The Office. NBC had a great run too for a long time. They had The Office. They had Parks and Rec. They had mm-hmm. Community. They had Thirty Rock. Uh, uh, they had I think at some point. No, well, later mm-hmm. on in the season, yeah, yeah they later, got probably yeah. they did. They did. Uh, yeah, but they, they, NBC had a great run. To I'm leaving something out. I'm sure uh, people loved Chuck for what it was. Um, 
and but I'm sure yeah. I'm leaving out oh, an NBC classic. show from that time period. But I hit most of them. But uh, and the ABC mm-hmm. has been doing pretty good over the years. They've had Modern Family be a hit. They have Fresh <laughs> Off the Boat be a hit. They have mm-hmm. now they have this show. Blackish. They had Blackish be a hit for a long time. ABC's been holding it down pretty well for for comedy shows for a long time. So honestly, I gotta give them uh, some respect there. They've been doing a good what? job. Sorry, what? Oh, golf um, yeah. What about the the new Wonder Years? I don't know if you guys have been watching that. Oh. It's actually a really good uh, show too. I haven't watched it. I don't know what station that comes on, but that's another show where I was it's also on Hulu. Like, it's on Hulu. I just don't know, like, if it's ABC yeah. or NBC. If you're looking for Abby Elementary, I feel like a large part of ABC's success in being more diverse is because I remember a few years ago, they hired, um, her name is Kimberly something. She's a black woman. She's director of, like, the TV division on ABC. That's great. And I feel like under her vision, That's- she really just was like, we need representation. And not just, like stereotypical i really want to go through all kinds of stories like hear everybody's kinds of stories in every kind of way and i feel like abc has just been knocking it out of the park because a lot of well-written shows are coming through and it's like it's really good like i'm not complaining about seeing like the shows at least the shows i've seen on the abc shows i've been seeing on hulu mm-hmm. they've been just consistent and knocking out the park and just reading or just watching everyone's new stories and i'm at elementary right now it's one of the top shows on i guess on the abc side um its ratings have been it's been like, insane through the roof yeah, and it's they, just beginning they're yeah. better and it's ratings, just the beginning so. there's only been what <laughs> Right. I think it's uh, topped Modern Family at a certain point, like Shin, in terms of yeah. the ratings they pulled in. Shin episodes. That show been on for like twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> and it's important that this is also an original idea. Like this isn't like a reboot. It isn't reimagined. This is like someone exactly. has an original mm. IP that they're like giving a chance to do something with. Which <laughs> hey is unfortunately Writers. rare right now. <laughs> so it's good to see someone who has an Give- OG IP. Like yo, I thought of this. It's like my own idea, and to see them embrace it and run with it. It's done so great. It has so many great tops. I think, like you know, the, I think the last thing I want to say about the show is that uh, it does a, an amazing job of talking about the two generations of teachers. Teachers have been teaching for like ten plus years, and new teachers, and this dynamic of like old teachers sort of kind of being apprehensive of making friends with newer teachers because it's like every year there's like a bunch of new of y'all like what's the point of trying to get to know you now when your turnover is so high and you have these new teachers who are like great we want to get into school but like we're we want to be like we just came from college we still got that fresh college smell we think the world's going to change if we ask for change and we come into education and realize that it doesn't change quickly at all and this this whole thing of like well now we got to overperform because we want to you know keep up these young ideals of like what we think education should look like and it's like great that's how you burn yourself out and the ogs are like cool like you just do your job you clock in you clock out you don't take anything extra with it like it, it's it's just a job you don't want to hit your head against a wall all the time because that doesn't help you at all so it's just it does a great job of like bringing these two groups of teachers together and you kind of watch the way they think around uh conflicts and problems where it's like cool like we should like write a strongly worded letter and then the ogs be like that doesn't work ever like you just do what you got to do. No one's going to help you. You got to make your own ends. So the show is it's hitting all generations of educators. And especially it's great to see just this black show do an amazing job on this platform. Get the love it deserves. So, yo, Quinta, you did your damn thing. 
Yep. And also putting Philly on the map. I feel like a lot of shows that take place in Philly, we never really get to just see just like another perspective of that. Like I'm not hip to Philly culture. I've never been there. I've never, I just know people from there. And so I feel like the show kind of even shows like even how the slang and, and what they do there, how they work and live in Philly. It's a, it's another perspective I wasn't aware of and stuff. And I was just like, wow, I didn't know y'all did that. I didn't know y'all said that or it's hilarious. So it's like, I'm learning things through her because of her experience and growing up in that, uh, in that area. Great show. Keep it going. Yeah. Keep it on TV. Yeah, there you go. And speaking also of black shows, we also have another uh, awesome black show with some amazing black uh, actors that I fully love. Uh, if you were a part of the Arrowverse, you remember Echo Killam, who played uh, Mr. Fantastic. Or sorry, is it? I'm sorry, Mr. Terrific, Mr. Terrific. on that Fair show. Play. Mr. Terrific. He and Nicole Breyer, uh, as well as the awesome Carl Tart. Are on a show called Grand Crew, which is written uh, and created by Phil Augusta Jackson, who's a writer on Insecure, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Key and Peele. Uh, and Grand Crew literally is just about a group of friends who go to a wine bar and talk about like their ups and downs, like as active adults in LA. And it's just fantastic. It's it's just it's hilarious the way it's written, and it's a predominantly all-black cast. Like everyone is a black person in LA who has a different job. Maybe they're a writer, a lawyer, uh, maybe they're doing ride share or task rabbit. And they're just talking about what it's like to live in LA, what it's like to be in LA. And they support one another through their drama. And it's a sitcom and it's just, it's so funny. And the writers on it are so good. I mean, some of my favorite writers, um, Ify Wadiwe writes a couple episodes and there's a whole episode around like anything could be a podcast. Uh, and I'm like, <laughs> yes, that is also very true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but have y'all seen oh. any of the Grand Crew episodes at all? I've heard of it and I've seen clips. I haven't watched um, episodes yet because mm -hmm. I was... Again, I'm I'm like there's so many shows. So to hear about this, it sounds like it's really really good. It sounds very relatable because I know we've all went somewhere drinking and talk about. I um, I haven't yeah. seen it yet either, but I see uh, Trudy Judy as a character, and that makes me happy. I always loved her in Brooklyn. Trudy Judy. So yeah, yeah. So so that makes me happy. That's a good uh, that's a good addition to this cast. I definitely have to check it out. Yeah. And if it helps, the narrator for the first episode is Garrett Morris. What? The episode, like the, the, the narrator for the first episode is Garrett Morris, who is also a famous black comedian. So right. he's got his, his stamp on this as well. He's in it. Uh, and y'all, it's just like, you could literally watch it somewhat out of order because it's just like every day something new is going on. And Nicole Breyer, she's playing this woman named Nikki, uh, and she is hilarious. Just... She's like, basically, if, if you've seen her as Trudy Judy, she is still that character in this and she gets to be sexual. She gets to talk about making friends with women and how difficult that can be and like shopping around for friends. And you got Echoes playing her brother, Noah, who is this like romantic who wants to find love in LA on dating apps. But he's like having a hard time finding the one because no one really 
lives their lives like it's a like a, a movie. So he's like being very cheesy, very corny. And you have like a married couple on there who are like, we're a married couple. These are our single friends and they're just random. But also we have our own internal issues. But it's just they hit all the things and it's just so good to watch them spiral out. They had a whole episode about Bitcoin and <laughs> how they were like, <laughs> at some point they were rich and they were like, yeah, we call this money. And then like the... <laughs> Like all the Bitcoin drops, like great, cancel everything, close out our tabs, close out our tabs right now. Everyone, return your drinks. No, you stop drinking that drink. Put it back. Put it back (laughs) in the thing. We don't want any more of these drinks. Can you just put it back in the machine? Just get a vacuum cleaner, suck it up, suck it up the machine. We don't want this money back. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this sounds hilarious. It's also on Hulu, so if you want to check it out, it's on Hulu, uh, and I think it has a similar schedule. Uh, as that of um, uh, Abbott Elementary. So I think the, the, the latest Ooh. episode is episode eight. No, I mean, um, sorry, I think it's similar in that I think it's like updating on Hulu, not the actual show on TV because I don't really watch it on TV. I watch it on Hulu, so I don't know when it comes out. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's two of our great uh, examples of just like really awesome black shows getting their love. And again, Grand Crew also is just an idea that uh, the, the the cast members are also writers and other shows and they wanted to do a show where they because like they're all friends in real life. Like, great. What if we just do a show where we just like sit around and like talk about like the day like we all live in L.A. What if we just talked about that and had a show about that and they That's went and did thing. it and it's like, <laughs> yo, this works like y'all got a good vibe and the show feels so good and so funny. And like, again, another OGIP of like, yo, I thought of this and these writers came together and they're doing it. And it's like really great. And we love originality, which is a great pivoting point to talk about another show, Kat, that you like. Please explain. Okay, so this is actually a reboot. Yeah, this is actually a reboot. And this is this is on Peacock, but everyone knows the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air with Will Smith in the 90s. So, okay. So, the I think the person who wrote it, his name is Morgan Cooper. Um, he, I'm unsure what he had worked on, but the, this this um, this show it takes a little more serious uh, backseat look into Bel Air. I think I, before we start the show, I like to say they, this show is like if they took it through a therapy filter, like the old episodes and took it through a therapy filter. And we got to like kind of examine and look through all the problems that we kind of overlook through all the happiness of the 90s and Will Smith's and everyone's goofiness. You know, they had this series of episodes, but it was like their internal problems kind of more displayed in a way. The The pilot is a really great example. Um, I feel like Jabari Banks, who plays Will. He is such a really great Will. It's like first episode. I'm like, I I want to call him my nephew. He's 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 charming. He's smart. He's very athletic. He's just you know a sunshine in the room. Living in Philly, um, I do like how they kind of show more of like where he lives because he's not like living in like the dumps. But I mean, he lives in a nice house. His mom works in uh medical and like she's a nurse and someone working in the hospital. So he he has a pretty nice life in Philly. It wasn't like he was struggling, you know? So I kind of like they kind of show that, that he comes from a good home. He he has what he needs. It's just, it's Philly. It's West Philly. And West Philly is known for having rough parts. Kind of like in Oakland. Like you have West Oakland, you have East Oakland. Those parts that are just not good. Um, so it, it was really great just to see that. Um, he does get tied up in some stuff where it kind of... It kind of reminded me of like 
I don't know. It's like one of those situations where you're young, you're a teenager, you're 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 very confident. You want to kind of keep your friends safe, but then you're facing someone who's from another. He's on the other side of the tracks. Basically, a whole drug dealer and you know those guys don't care about anything like they don't care if you're a top student son of a diplomat anything you know it was almost like you versus the city almost it's like the part of the environment and so in this action it causes will to you know he he gets in so much danger and that actually led to why he has to go to bel-air and i'm like that makes so much sense to I can't remember the original reason on the actually on the original show, but basically Will has to go to Bel Air because these they were playing a basketball game with these guys. Everything was going well. One guy lost his cool, set Will up for some craziness. The drug dealer was like, "Um, who did this?" And then the people were trying to blame it on his best friend, Will's best friend. His best friend gets messed up. Like they start stomping and everything. Will's not thinking. He His best friend had a gun in his backpack. He grabs the gun to scare them off. He wasn't trying to use it on anybody. But doing that provoked, like, I guess the head drug dealer, who's like, you don't do that. So now I'm going to have to, if you don't, you know, you don't shoot me, I'm going to have to get you. Will doesn't shoot because, you know, he's a good kid. So, but that does put him already in the sights of this guy. Cops show up. There's a whole cop brutality little scene. Will's in jail. The guy saying things like "I'm going to kill you" and stuff. So it's almost like a really traumatic scene. Cause I'm like, I'm like, don't hurt him. I, I like, I already care about him. Um, but then Will gets bailed out. His mom goes in the car. She's crying. She's like, I, "We're going to send you to Bel Air." And he's like, "Why?" And it's like, "You don't mess with that kind of dude." I'm not burying my son. Like, you're not going to survive. And I was like, "Dang!" So that's why they said Melee. Okay, that's a lot but okay and so that's why he, in this show that's why he got sent to Bella ASAP um but as far as the other characters the adaptations versus the 90s version um I really liked some of them I like how especially McHillary Ditsy I really like that she's more of like a social media influencer um but same storyline dropped out of college because she wants to do what she want to do but I like that she kind of represents that kind of person who wants to break generation curses. Like, I want to do things my way, you know? Um, I only watched three, the first three episodes, so we're getting to the part where basically her parents are cutting off her credit cards and money and stuff. So we already know how that happens in the 90s version. But to see her be very spoken about, you know, her being herself, because she had a job interview, didn't go well because they wanted to tone her blackness down. She didn't like that. She said it on social media. Kind of figure out what happens after that. Um, they didn't really show much of Ashley, but she's basically the same. She's very cute. She's very funny. So, so far, she's the same. Um, Jeffrey, they definitely changed Jeffrey. Um, he's like some kind of ex-military something. Um, he was born in Jamaica, went to London. He has the whole, Will even calls him Idris. He's like, okay, Idris. And he's like, huh, funny. Um, but he does give mysterious vibes. I'm like, this Jeffrey looks like he can snipe somebody, but he's charming and handsome and just everything. I'm like, how did he get this job? It's very mysterious. So I'm just like, I don't know about that, but he's like, he's entertaining. Um, my favorite character of this so far is Aunt Viv. I feel like whoever they found, found to cast Aunt Viv really, really shows the heart of Aunt Viv, the original Aunt Viv. 
of the original show because she was like my favorite when I was a kid. She was like the mom, and she 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 displays that so well on the show. Um, granted, she does give me Michelle Obama vibes all the time, but she really cares about Will. She really cares about the family, and you know she wants she's that black mom who cares, but it's like she's trying to support her husband who's running for DA. Um, and so it's kind of hard because she's one of those put everything before her without kind of like sacrificing her dreams. Cause you know, I think in the original one, she was a dancer in this one, she's an artist. And so it's like, she has the time to do that, but she doesn't want to do that. So it's like her own little internal monologue, but I really love her because she is the only person we'll kind of trust in this so far because she talks like she, she grew up in Philly. So she knows how it is, but at the same time, She's all like, you see in an episode where she's catering to her sorority and it's like she goes into this Michelle Obama moment where she's all, you know, pretty and stuff, but then takes her kid to the side and be like a black mom, like, don't do that, that, that. And I'm like, that makes sense to me because that, that was unviv on the original show. I, I remember those episodes so well. But I will say, and Marlon, you can attest to this, is Uncle Phil is like the most different character besides Carlton. Carlton and Uncle Phil, the two characters that I'm still trying to figure out, um uncle phil is not i don't know he like i understand black excellence dude he is like successful he's been busting lap things everything like everyone respects him but he's having a hard time and just getting votes i guess because it's like he's trying to shed his old identity which he was he's from the south so far all i know is that he was in a great black fraternity he is trying to do the right thing, but he's so stuck on stereotypical things, which is why he's like the first two episodes. He's like, we got to, we got, I don't know about Will. We got to get rid of him. And I'm like, just welcome him in the house. Like, bruh. Um, so Uncle Phil, I'm still figuring out, but the biggest one is Carlton because this is not the Carlton. I, I would have never thought his whole, I mean, okay, this Carlton does drugs. This Carlton hangs out with these white kids that say the n-word he is a he was an asshole to a lot of people he runs the school and so him and will clash for like the first three episodes and that's kind of almost annoying by the third episode because it's like okay whatever we get it it turns into kind of like a teen drama in a way every time Carlton's on the screen so i kind of really am just like i'm not sure how i feel about him because every time he shows up it's like what's he gonna do now what's he gonna do now and it's like I don't know how I feel about that. You know, I understand. I understand the internal monologue there is he is trying to just be the best he can be, but he's like not caring about the people around him. And when he sees people and his family supporting Will, he gets jealous because he wants that attention too, but he doesn't know how to get that. So he's just very driven and just being destructive everywhere. I'm like, that part of the show I don't really like, but we'll see. But as far, so far, um, I like it. It's a, it's, it's better than I thought. I wasn't going to watch the show, but it was free. And then I, I was like, okay, I gotta watch the second episode. So I have to pay $4.99 for this month, but we'll see. But I, I recommend it. I at least check out the three, the first three episodes. That's There's, how they get you, Kat. That's right. how they get you. So far, so good. The season's good. I have to watch four and five, but um, 
it's a lot to unpack because you're like watching it. You're thinking, oh, this is like, like there's a scene where he messes up his blazer and then he turns it inside out and everybody's like, it's all, you know, there's okay. And there's a lot of music. <laughs> it's like so much music. So that part does remind me of Empire. Music in every scene. <laughs> um, so, you know, he turns it inside out and he's dramatic. Everybody's like, oh yeah, you know, using today's sling. Oh, it's a vibe. Oh, it's fire. And I was just like, okay that's how he does it okay you know but it's it's like i can get i can see why people don't like it but then i'm like the acting is really good for me like i love the guy who's playing will he's he's a different he's a different adaptation and his acting is so good and i care about him immediately because he was just a sweet kid he was gonna have a scholarship to vcu he had so much and then he did one messed up thing because he didn't want no one to hurt his friend and now his life has changed i think the light um, i think the line you were looking for was um that's where uh, I from the song i got one little fight but this fight was like he was going like either he was about to die I and you. i was scared i think honestly <laughs> for me i think i think the cast looks fantastic I'm always apprehensive when there's a reboot about a show or a movie. And to do a reboot about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and make it gritty, I think, was a real big gamble. Because Mm -hmm. it's one thing if you're doing a reboot of a show and you're trying to like match the original energy it brought. It's another thing to reboot a show and introduce an energy that was never a part of the show to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember watching the trailer and just feeling like, I don't know what this show is. This is like, they literally could have titled, <laughs> this saying. show could have been titled um, Euphoria, but it could like Euphoria Part <laughs> yeah. 2 or like uh, this This could have been a, a Euphoria spinoff. <laughs> you could have changed everyone's name on this show and it would not have been a Fresh Prince. Like it could have been literally any True. other show. It didn't need the, the, the title Bel Air or it didn't need these characters. Um, and so I think what they're trying to do is one appeal to a crowd who remembers the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air to bring them in. And two, they're trying to appeal to the euphoria crowd of like, great, we're going to just like up all the drama, all the fights, all the sex. It's going to be all that. And we're also going to just like introduce just the, like the names of characters from the original show. Cause this is not that. Um, mm-hmm. And I think for me, what like I, I wasn't going to watch it until a couple of episodes came out and then I could like read some reviews of the show. Uh, and this is probably going to lead into like some spoiler stuff. So if you're still interested in watching it, just probably skip from here. But um, one of the things I read uh, was about the character Uncle Phil and Jeffrey. And for those who don't remember, Uncle Phil passed, like the actor uh, who played Uncle Phil passed away. And it was a huge deal to the community because Uncle Phil was like that black surrogate father that everyone like gravitated to. On the show, uh, he gave Will tough love, but he still told Will, hey, I am your family and I love you. And there are multiple episodes where as a character, he's there for Will. I mean, literally, the episode that makes everyone cry with the one line is, Uncle Phil, why don't he love me? That oh my line kills everyone watching that show because it's like, oh my God, Uncle Phil is there to support and love him. And when I saw what they were doing to his character and others, I was uh, his character and others. I was very apprehensive and concerned. And then just reading what the show is doing to his character, it's more or less pretty much putting me off of it completely. Especially when mm. I found out that 
the character Uncle Phil is essentially a crime boss uh, in the L.A. underground. And he's using Jeffrey as potentially his cleaner or his fixer to solve issues in the city. So he's basically trying to kingpin, be a crime boss and also be an L.A. uh, D.A. And just reading that line gave me a headache and also made me like this is like this isn't the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like you're like. You're introducing things into a show that didn't need things to be introduced to it. Literally, the first Prince of Bel Air introduced an episode where Carlton's on speed and he's addicted to drugs and he almost dies. There's an episode yep. where uh, Will gets shot. I'm sorry, no, where where Carlton gets shot and they have to go yeah. to the hospital and Will feels guilty the whole time and he doesn't want to see Carlton because he feels like I am responsible he, he doesn't want to see in the hospital there's an episode where there is a police brutality or, or police episode where he gets arrested and they have to like figure out like and Carlton doesn't want to acknowledge that he's black like no no it's fine like yeah. you know me and my friends like there there are moments in this show that exist that are about these trauma moments. And I think what made the show great is that the show decided that we're not going to make black trauma be our center focus. And what Mm. I don't like about Bel Air is that they are making black trauma the center focus. The entire appeal of this show is black trauma. We're going to show you a a young man getting his face kicked in. We're going to show you drugs and violence. We're going to show you um, white people using the N-word around this. But but we're going to show you all the grittiness about being black. And what it's taking out of it is the fact that what this show originally put into it was black love, but into it black care. What it put into it was like, we're going to uplift other black actors, other actors of color in this show. We're going to talk about um, dating uh, a character who's not black. We're going to talk about supporting uh, other characters of other races in the show. And that's what made the show universal was that it cared about its audience in a way of like, we're not just going to give you cops on this show. Yeah, we're going to like make this really goofy intro about Will getting in a fight. Yes, we also know it's very serious because he talks about like, yeah, it got really dangerous. There was a gun, but we're not going to like, like, we're not going to like dramatize it and drag it out and make you be like, oh, it's so dangerous in Philly. It's like, it's like, it's like black danger. Like, no, we're going to have this really goofy intro where like we're doing this like ballet move, like, oh, I got to go now. But like, it was always understood that Will is from a pretty dangerous location and like he's, escaping and having a better life and his mom is talking about like you know drugs in the neighborhood like there are several episodes that address drugs in the in like in the community but we don't remember that because the show put a high emphasis on giving you good feelings giving you joy addressing the bad but also reminding you that things can be better and you can be better and what i don't like is that this show was like we're gonna only show you the negative so you can feel how raw it is this is gonna be like power meets empire meets ghosts like we're gonna give you all this drama and it's like this show didn't need that the reason it's so loved is because of how it made you feel like, yeah, there were sad episodes, but it never let you feeling like, oh, wow, Uncle Phil and Carlton are dicks to Will. Like, they're really evil characters. And it's like, no. Like, Carlton off the jump is like, Will, it's so good to see you. Welcome. I want to show you around the community. Like, everyone is so open and loving. 
to this character to just remind you that, yo, your family can love you. You are worthy of love. And so my initial concern of seeing this is that I couldn't believe that Will Smith signed off on an adaptation of this intensity. Like, Will, you were in the original show. You remember hearing and you had a reunion special where you talked about how people tell you how much they love the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, how good mm-hmm. it made them feel. And for you to sign off on a reimagining that's gritty and dark, it's like... That's not what your show is about. And I get creative license. I get that. But you could have called it literally anything. Like, this isn't The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like, you could remove everyone's name and switch the title up. And it would just be another Empire-adjacent show that has gratuitous violence. Um, But, hey, I I, I mean, we'll see what happens with this show. Uh, I know that a lot of folks online are also, like, like, like on the fence. Like, there are folks who are like, the casting's great. I'm going to check it out. Other folks were like, I'm not going to watch it because of the black trauma. So it's it's a very divisive show right now. Like, like which side are you on? Like, yes, you want to support everything black. And this is an all-black cast. Um, but it also has an all-white, like a, a majority white writing team on it who's just like, you could probably tell they're leaning towards more of the violence. So, I mean, that makes hey. Sense. I feel like, like, like how we both said that they do take all the traumatic episodes from the original and they strung it out to create it a drama. But I, I mean, I only watched the first three episodes, so I haven't gotten to the parts where I find out about Uncle Phil or if anything is resolved from the first three episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the way, again, it's it, it does give me like a little like it's just today is like modern TV because I know like that is the thing for young people and a generation under us that likes that drama and they and they're they're the type that likes to see things go too far and then slowly resolved i've mm-hmm. noticed that's a pattern and especially in sitcoms that have people of color like that is a pattern for them to you know get ratings and watch um it's like it's like when there are good moments of the show and that's why i think i'm i'm still watching it's like they're very brief so it's almost mm. like the reverse of uh the original where it was it was stuff happening but it was so much positivity and stuff happening it it was a nice balance of this is happening but then we have each other to fall on versus mm-hmm. there's so much stuff happening oh my gosh do we have anyone to fall back on um we're still figuring it out like i'm starting to figure out myself so i don't know if i can help you you know mm-hmm. and that's why i'm like it is interesting. I think I like in this episode to, or in the show, how everyone deals individually, at least the younger people and on Viv, how they deal with things individually and how their actions do can affect other things too. Cause I'm like, that's such a, that's such a, 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 a young people thing is like, mm-hmm. I just be doing things and then other things happen, you know? Um, so for them to like even show like, I just don't understand why they did that to Carlton. That's that's Carlton and Uncle Phil are like big red flags to me because I was like, why did you write them like that? Because again, I was like, Carlton is very excited to see Will. He started off going, mm, "What are you doing here? And why are you wearing my suit?" And I was just like, "Dang!" Like it didn't make sense to why he was that crazy. Um, but at the same time, this is a reboot. This is an adaptation, um, and so. Even though I think so far it's entertaining, I am concerned about the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I mean, they probably are going to get a second season. But I think just like with Empire in the first two seasons, uh, 
you know, you, you might have your attention. Trauma Sunday. You miss that one episode and then you never watch it again. This also has the potential to be like that type of show as well. Yeah. I mean, they're trying to hit on all the notes to make it somewhat positive like great what if because i mean and and the and the og one they definitely introduced like um you know a lot of hbcus and a lot of black actors and this one they're trying to go great we're just going to make the characters uh members of black fraternities like great we're going to like this is black excellence we're going to like really try to front load the positivity over like a lot of the negativity um and it's it's going to be interesting uh, it is an experiment. I'm not sure where it's going to lead. It definitely has a lot of great thought pieces on it. Like a lot of folks feel, I mean, everyone loved, loved James Avery. So, um, it, there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of feelings out there about this uncle Phil character. Uh, they, they, they love the actor, but like the character as a whole is just like really jarring to get used to. Cause it's like, yeah, again, like it's lacking he's, a lot. He's, you know, he's a very loud and boisterous man, but he's never actively been violent. And I think, they showed it a great way of avoiding there being the aggressive black man. Like, I'm going to hurt this person to like get my point across. Uncle Phil has always been like, I'm going to be smart and like, you know, use my brains versus my, like, I'm a big guy, but I'm not going to use my fists first. Like I'm going to outsmart you and tell you why you're wrong. I suppose like, I'm going to, get Jeffrey to kill you in case things get too get, things get too spicy. If I see that episode, I will text you immediately. I'll be like, Marlon, you were right. He just did a kill, you know? He just did and a kill. it just makes sense. I mean, mind you, um, the guy playing Jeffrey also played uh, a key member right. on Arrow. He was yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was in one of the flashbacks. Yeah. He had like the, like the ghost powers or whatever. So he's, he's, he's been a military person before. Also, I feel like this is like that key and peel scene where they get like the British guy to play the gangster. And it's yes. like, this has happened way too often where it's like, so what's my line again? Oh yes. Prepare yourself. You punk ass bitch. You got it. You got it. And it's like, <laughs> it's exactly like that. And it's like, this it's is exactly what, like that. Uh, it's like, a show. Uh, I have my feelings about it. What do y'all think? Uh, Ray and, and Amy, what are your, what are your thoughts on, on, what we've been talking about thus far with these two shows. Oh, sorry, with uh, just the Fresh Prince in general. I haven't yeah. seen it, so I can't really comment on it. But it, the trailer just, but like kind of like you said, it like it, if you throw a name on it, it could be any name. It doesn't look like Fresh Prince, like the one that I remember, because that was a comedy laced with like other things. But for the most part, that's what it was. And so I don't know. I wonder what Will Smith was thinking <laughs> a little bit. He was based thinking on what you all said money, obviously. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I think it's, 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 it's a little weird to do that to something that was so loved by so many people for so long. It's just so strange. The only part about this that I, I can get behind is actually that it's this weird concept that it's not them just trying to make a comedy and just straight rebooted to do the exact same thing that was already done. Like let's do something mm-hmm. at least different with it. They just probably swung way too far in the opposite direction, or maybe this is right for what, it, maybe that was what Will Smith wanted was I want to do something with this, but let me go completely different so that no one can call it the same thing. He might be totally proud that you're, that, uh, that that's what all people can talk about is how different it is. Uh, but also it hasn't drawn me in, in any way in any trailer I've watched and your description of it hasn't drawn me in much either. So I won't be watching it. I don't think, but, uh, that, I mean, I actually I like that idea at least. I it, maybe it's too different for people though. That's the maybe that's the problem. Yeah, it's an attempt. 
I'll give him that. It, mm-hmm. it, it is an attempt. Yeah. It's something. <laughs> and I think Saturday Night Live, I think, did a great job of poking fun at it by doing the what if Family Matters got a gritty reboot? Because, again, these are two shows <laughs> of the same energy. And you have uh, <laughs> Steve Urkel with, like, bringing, like, a, a, <laughs> bringing a gun and, like, shooting someone yeah. and then, like, oh, saying gosh. over his body covered in blood. And they, and they take place in Chicago. That? So that's... <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, that... That fits. I feel like if they were to get a reboot, it's like, how are you going to get him to say that I do that? And it's like, that would probably be the exact same thing. Don't say that, Marla, because now they might actually really do that now. And this I mean, is like, they're judging by the success of this show for them to be like, hey, we're going to do a Family Matters reboot mm-hmm. and it's going to get serious. Well, I feel like this goes into an article that Raymond shared about like the problems with nostalgia, where it's like mm-hmm. because everyone is so infatuated with nostalgia, particularly folks who are behind making movies and TV shows, because they're thinking, great, this is a niche market because they're just so infat- like they refuse to like take chances on anything original. So when you have shows like Grand Crew or Abbey Elementary, it's like, great, we love it because like, oh, my God. Finally, something new. We've been getting the same microwavable meal over and over again with like different spices on top of it. But finally, we get a fresh home cooked meal that's different. This is fantastic. And so this reboot is literally like they just put it in the microwave and they added extra hot sauce. Like, great. Now it's it's spicier now. This is the spicy version. So much Philly slang, too. And it's like, yo, nostalgia, we get (laughs) it. But like, at some point, we gotta steer from nostalgia. We gotta go into Mm -hmm. making risks, taking risks. And yes, some things aren't gonna work, but the more we lean into nostalgia, the more like our palates aren't just like used to something new. Like, I'm not surprised they rebooted Fresh Prince of Bel-Air because of how successful it was, because of how awesome the reunion special was. We're probably getting more reboots on the line. I mean, we have Rescue Rangers getting rebooted, and that's an eight. <laughs> that's like, a, like, that's a, so like, that's getting like, literally, they're dipping into what was successful, and let's just do it again and add a fresh coat of paint, some fresh hot sauce, and like, just shove it down people's gullets and see what they think and it's like we need to be leaning towards the new towards the strange towards what hasn't been done before and my hope is that with shows like at elementary um they start taking more risks on writers who are like yo i have an idea i just need you to just trust and believe me because oftentimes when people write and put something out there it's like yo that was actually really good can we get more please yes it's like a, a breath of fresh air um because this, yes, we're we know of the format, but like the stories and the voices behind those stories, mm-hmm. just brand new, yeah. and crisp. And honestly, Kat, speaking of like just you know nostalgia and like microwaving a meal over and over again, <laughs> uh, today, uh, February twenty seventh, uh, was was a Pokemon Day. Today was Pokemon Happy Day, apparently. Pokemon Day. And mm-hmm. Game Freak decided to say, "Hey, listen, y'all know that Arceus game y'all was playing for a minute. Well, we got a brand new Pokemon." game coming out that looks almost similar in certain scenes that you probably have seen on the Arceus because now we're doing uh, an open world Pokemon Scarlet and Violet because we're going back to the colors again. Um, We thought we were done with red, blue, green, yellow, but now we're going back to colors. We We got Pokemon Scarlet and Violet coming out. 
maybe it's UV rays. I don't know, but they've been <laughs> describing it as a blend of open world with no borders, seamless uh, wilderness. Pokemon appear in the skies, in the sea, and on the streets. And if you play Arceus, that sounds very familiar to you. Mm-hmm. Because literally what I'm now noticing is that what if Arceus was a $60 beta game of like, do people like this? And just to see if, because again, this game is coming out this year. Yep. Like Pokemon Arceus came out this year and they're releasing Pokemon Skull and Violet also this year. The fact that they were released so close together is not a coincidence. Arceus was absolutely (laughs) a test run at this new system of like, do people like this? Is it a big change? And I, oh great, they like it. We're dropping this new game that has the exact same mechanic, y'all. And we're going to drop some really cool starters. And by cool, I mean they're just different animals and different types of food spaces and faces on them and whatnot. <laughs> you got yourself. You got a, an asparagus cat. You got a jalapeno T-Rex. And you got uh, looks like a soft serve duck. Hey, these so starters. No, he's not lying. He's not lying. But, but these starters so are actually. To. I don't want to. They're I very adorable. I I love what they look like. I hate Pokemon for <laughs> repeating the same thing over and over and over do. again. Um, I think this game is going to be based on Mexico or some sort of like Latin environment. With the names, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> It was very like. I mean, the first one is named Sprigatito. So Sprigatito. Um, it's very tropical. There was palm trees. There was there was stuff like that. So I feel like they're gonna go with some with like something like that. Maybe it's Brazil. Maybe it's Mexico based. A lot of the games have that in their background. True. Mm-hmm. Some people are saying it's based on Spain. Yeah, Ooh, I've heard Spain yeah. also. I kind of hope it's not a, another European country. They already did France, and we did you know, France. We did that. France, so and we did the I'm UK, like, or was it Germany we, or something? Can we do Mexico or Brazil or or like somewhere somewhere in can South America? Yeah, can we Central go somewhere America? else? Like, let's hit another right. continent, please. Where are the brown folks at? <laughs> let's go to some brown people brown at. Let's go to a brown. There's a lot of Japanese people nice in location. They're living with the Pokemon. I was totally Brazil too. It's like Brazil sounds like it'd be dope. <laughs> it's, it would make sense to me with Brazil. Yeah, so I feel like we'll there's see. so many Pokemon that could be a part of Carnival. Like it would just work. <laughs> like give yeah, me a Carnival Jinx picture. We got Carnival Jinx with yet? a full outfit. Game free. One? I just gave you a Pokemon. Oh, yeah, Carnival oh, Jinx God. and a full fit would kill it. I buy it. But yeah, so Game Freak knows that they can just pedal nostalgia for forever. Um, So they're doing uh, their new thing again because it's going to sell. We got the Grass Cat Pokemon Sprigatito, which literally looks like the counter opposite to Litten. And I'm super hoping, and I know it's a a long shot, but if Sprigatito isn't like the hero versus like Litten is like the heel. Because if you remember, the final evolution is... um, I like this giant cat that has like a like a WWE belt that is, and, is, and is like and he has like a flying lariat special move. I would love for this grass kitten to also be a wrestler, but it's like the opposite wrestler. That'd be dope. Uh, we also have the jalapeno 
jalapeno reptile crocodile fui coco, um, which is interesting looking. And we also have quaxili, which is a duck. So soft served duck. Soft served duck. So Psyduck <laughs> has a partner. Now there's another duck. There's a there's a new duck in town. It's Quaxel. Sorry, yeah. Quaxley. 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 So that'd be interesting. Um, it looks like they're really going to be leaning into this open world. I mean, hopefully they decide to up the graphics on this because, again, a lot of folks have been telling y'all, the, the environment kind of looks like mud sometimes. Um, it looks really... It doesn't, it doesn't appear like a $60 game. Um, so we'll see what happens with this Scarlet and Violent stuff. Um they're really going for the seamless borders. I'm hoping that they decide to fix the fact that you have to uh, load in and out of every single location. They're mm-hmm. saying there are no borders, so things kind of blend in, but we'll have to wait and see if that's true or not. Uh, but it was I will say this, Game Freak, you did um, A plus on that move to release uh, Pokemon Arceus as a, as a tester before you drop this new game because that was genius. I mean... The fact that you're releasing two Pokemon games in the exact same year is um, wild. That's a, that's a wild move to do that. That is a wild gamble. Like, yo, they'll definitely love both of these, right? Uh, so, hey, that'll come out later this year, and we'll hear about it, y'all. We will Are hear about it. Are you going to grab it when it first drops? I For this one, I'm going to wait. Um, it's way too okay. close to Pokemon Arceus. I'm like, yo, this might be the exact same game again. Um, so I might just sit back, uh, read those reviews before I decide to drop 60 more dollars on Game Freak. So this is the only game they make. So we'll see. I'll wait. I'll wait for this one, y'all. See, well, you know me. I'm going to wait like until it goes on sale. With Nintendo, you can wait for at least 100 years. Actually, I was a teacher. I'll wait. How much is uh, Breath of the Wild right now? I want you to check that out right now. How much is Breath of the Wild? $59.99. Do you have any hope that this Pokemon game that's going to come out later this year is going to be lowered anytime soon? Breath of the Wild came out a minute ago. (laughs) Is it? I feel like Pokemon, because they, I feel like Nintendo, because they only make such a select few games on that device, they're like, we are not dropping these prices. We we stand to I lose like money if we drop these Especially prices. Especially in the Pokemon series, I feel like they've had sales in the past for that because it's like the you, old you're buying so many that came out in '98. Yeah, you can get that for cheap right now because it came out in '98, <laughs> twenty years ago. <laughs> like, out. hey, do you want a Pokemon Yellow? It's uh, <laughs> it's twenty dollars. <laughs> Pick it up. <laughs> you know that 1998 well, Game Freak game? Oh yeah, look at Pikachu, and this this is the this is the fat Pikachu, or so I say, <laughs> the chunky Pikachu. Before it got on this like really interesting dot. Yeah, Pikachu used to be a thick Pokemon back in the day. It used to be a real, real like fluff boy. And then it got real skinny for the new generation. Mm-mm. Well, I guess I'll just save a little bit of money every now and then and then be like, today is the day I purchase this Pokemon Today's game. Today is the day. I guess I'm going to... With Nintendo, I, I feel like I've always been doing that. There are some Nintendo games out there that I do go and sell, and I'll be like, yes, you know? But, yeah, you're right. Like, with the big names, there's not really a sell. They hold out. Um, I just... I... Mm. Well, I mean, it's a good decision because Nintendo is the one provider I heard not trying to buy up people. 
We're just like we're gonna do what we know. We're gonna do what, we're gonna do what we do best, and we're just gonna stick with our people and maybe like ask to port other games. In, but we're gonna we're gonna stay in Nintendo's lane. Nintendo is here. Splatoon, Mario, Game Freak, Zelda. Hey, we're, we're doing branch this. Out. Fire Emblem. They come up with their we're ideas. Doing this. It's a lot of what nostalgia did? sometimes, but they uh, they it's more like they just. Every console has a Kirby game. Every console has a Mario game. Every like they've been doing that for years. So uh, that's true. Yeah. I'm, I wait. What other Kirby Pokemon games are there? Those where it stands on me. Uh, what other Kirby games? Uh, Wii yeah, U, I'm, Wii, I'm, I'm trying to figure out. Like time does... they had the yarn Kirby and maybe that was 3ds. There's oh, yeah. always a handheld Kirby. There's there's another one on Wii U Wii that I'm not thinking of uh, where you were like drawing oh, yeah. on the things, but. Um, but yeah, I'm, and they stopped doing all the Wii U stuff now as well. I mean, of course, that system was also a test project. So, uh, <laughs> sigh. Yeah, but that uh, is true. They, you know, it's Pokemon. I, I don't think I'm gonna get it right away. But uh, if it does come out and it is different enough to actually get me to jump on board i'm at least glad i skipped Arceus so far because now i don't feel like i'm uh playing one just to immediately play the other i have uh you know True. enough things that make me want to get it these starters at least help it's they're adorable raymond, raymond loves that uh jalapeno pokemon <laughs> the fully cocoa so dope I and i like the serious cat uh, what I learned I, today, I th- honestly, Raven, if if, if my mind, my mind was blown because I learned that it, up until this point, every fire type starter has been on the Chinese zodiac, and I never realized that until oh. literally today. Hmm. But uh, that's interesting. That, it's a dragon. I mean, yeah, dragon, and then uh, Gen two was Typhlosion, who was a mouse. Gen 3 was Blaziken, who was a rooster. Gen 4 was Incernape, who was a monkey. Uh, Gen 5 was Embor, which was a pig. Gen 6 was Delphox, which was a canine. That's the one that hits the hardest, I think, in there. Gen 7 was, who am I leaving out? Uh, Incineroar, who was a tiger. And... Gen 8 was yes, right. a score bunny who was a rabbit, obviously. Um, and so Damn. all up until this point, I was like, wow, I, how did I miss that pattern? That was right in front of me for a very long time. Uh, <laughs> so people were hoping for a horse or an ox or a snake or what's left that I didn't say there. Uh, horse, ox, snake. Uh, dang it, I've lost it. Is, but, it- is there a... Cr- cr- is there a crocodile on the on the on no, sheep. Chinese there you go. That's the other one. No, no, there's not a crocodile. How about a jalapeno? Sheep, yeah. yeah, there's a jalapeno <laughs> there, though. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. I, unless wow. this racist. thing turns into <laughs> racism. No, that's not racism. <laughs> that was <laughs> racism. That was racist. That's racist. But uh, I was like, maybe he turns into a snake-looking thing, but I doubt it. He's probably a crocodile. So, uh, 
they probably i mean it wouldn't be i feel like pokemon has absolutely done things we're like great this pokemon looks like this and then it turns to a completely different pokemon for the second evolution (laughs) it's like how did we get here like literally it's like what's 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 happened to pokemon we definitely have some crocodile feet that thing is a crocodile we're not it's not gonna turn into the snake (laughs) that's true it turned into a big old giant jalapeno crocodile we yeah. love that. That's gonna be cool. We love that. Yeah. A dinosaur. As long as he has some Maybe move called Hopping Hero Blast, I'd be great. I'd be great. I feel like if I do get this game, I am naming this Pokemon Scotch Bonnet. I get this. I'm naming him Scotch Bonnet. If I get this game, well. <laughs> yeah, so it's. I, uh, I hope, oh man, the play. I hope God. to get me with some changes because that's what I need to see is new things. Arceus at least started since they're basing it off of Arceus. That's a good start, and uh, I yeah. need to see more changes. Doing something new. Arceus opened the door so yeah. that these games can walk. I mean. Speaking of doors and uh, people walking through them, uh, Love is Blind season two. Uh, <laughs> that connects because they walk through wow, doors. That's an interesting doors transition. Oh, okay, Love is Blind. Okay. I don't know how you did that. <laughs> I've been doing segments this whole podcast. You've got to go no, back and play my. I've been doing segments the entire time. He's been on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, y'all know I love Netflix garbage. And um, <laughs> I typically try to avoid a type of garbage, which is the dating reality show garbage. And I just go for like, let me look at these sitcoms garbage or like this action garbage um but my love of fiance was like pulled me up to the trough and poured up some new garbage and that was uh <laughs> love is blind season two i hadn't seen season one at all so i just dive in like this looks ridiculous they're talking to a wall the whole time they gotta figure out if they want to marry that person this whole show the That's premise is just really idiotic what? um then i got really in it when i realized that everyone was garbage uh, except for maybe two people maybe maybe it's a, it's a strong maybe um but when I came away from the show, and I want to tell you all this now, and I, I, I just want to ask this question here. Um, how is it possible that mediocre white men are able to achieve so much in this world? Um, there's an individual on this show who is mediocre, who has a lukewarm personality at best, um, and this woman that he meets behind this wall is just so infatuated with his garbageness. Uh, and I just was so, con- I was like, are we looking at the exact same human? The man, have y'all seen in living color? Yes. Do you remember before Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey, he was James Carrey. Do you remember his, uh, his Sergeant in- in- Inspector character? The, uh, let me tell you, yes. There's a white man on the show named Shane who is just all top teeth. No, he's just all top teeth, and he and the thing is, it's not that he's just top teeth; that he's top teeth, and his eyes are always wide open, and he looks like he just got done doing cocaine and can't regulate <laughs> his body, and he and he just like like moves like you're just like I can't like I just took a bump and like I got him like the coke is too much and I can't not move, uh, and it's just I watched him potentially fall in love with this woman who was un- incapable of seeing. A, how mediocre he was, and B, how uh, volatile of a white man he was, because he was very sketchy. Um, but uh, That's a, a sketchy white dude. It's a terrible show in that the premise is just wrong completely. I also want to call the fact that they say, like, oh, we're going to, like, no one's going to see each other. 
it's all a surprise, blah, 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 blah. But literally the show only focuses on the like hot people and they somehow find them, like they somehow find each other. Like the regular looking people who are just like, look attractive to like you and I, like they're just normal looking attractive. Like they are almost not shown talking to anyone. They're like more of like background characters, but the hot mm-hmm. people are the ones that like, they record their sessions. They like take them, like they, they, they only focus on them and only focus on them hooking, like them getting together. And it becomes very apparent quickly that the show's whole premise of like, looks don't matter is bullshit because the fact that the mm-hmm. show is like somehow pulling the strings and all of us know that that reality TV is scripted. Like, even though they say it's reality TV, we know it's fully scripted. In shows like these dating shows, it's very apparent how scripted it is because nothing is coincidental. Like, oh, like, you and I went up together. That's so surprising. Like, no, like, you most likely were fed lines or fed details about this person really likes you. And then that dictated your decision to make that choice to, like, go with them or, like, have this love triangle situation happening for drama. And I watched the whole thing and it's just nightmare fuel for just dating is just terrible. And, and, and completely you should like, I feel like if you watch it looking to date, you're going to be like, I don't want to date anyone. Like everyone is a nightmare on this show. There's a woman on there who honestly needs therapy and the whole time was spiraling she she doesn't like herself and she doesn't understand why anyone could like her and so the guy she with the whole time is arguing with her about why he likes her and she's like but what are you doing tomorrow and it's like girl i someone take her off camera and give her therapy because she's fully having an episode on camera being like i don't like me why do you like me and it's like whatever he's gonna tell you isn't gonna make you feel any better because you already feel the negative about that and he's just making you riled up and now you're making him riled up and now you're going back and forth yelling at each other and he's like oh my god i don't know how to work with you and it's like she doesn't know how to work with herself everyone needs therapy on this show every single person there's a man on there who fully tells this other, like there's an, an Indian couple uh, and they're both are like, we don't date Indian people outside of the show. We, we've, we've only dated white people. You're my first brown person, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and the guy is like so standoffish with like wanting to um, have sex with her uh, because he's like, she looks like, she feels like my aunt and it feels weird. And it's like, then tell her you don't want to be with her, but he just keeps talking to her. And it's like, you keep telling everybody and they mama that this feels like your aunt, which, hey, Ew. Okay, Jon Snow. And it's like, tell her you want to call this off. And he like, just is fully like, hey, I love you. We should be together. You're my best friend. It's like, but you don't want to get physical with her, which you know she does. And it's a part of like, you told her you want to have kids. You can't have babies unless either you A, adopt or B, you have sex. And it doesn't seem like you want to adopt. So like, yo, cut it. Cut it. Oh my gosh. This is... (laughs) Dating shows are a nightmare. Um, I don't normally watch them because I get, because I'm like, ah, all you suck. None of you deserve each other. Um, but this one was just bad to watch. And it's also this like this white guy gave me like this really weird vibe. He was like with this like Asian American girl, and it's just really weird. Like he was, it's just was, like awkward. He said he wasn't finishing her. And then that's like I I, I was trying to like be like because like again like. It's just he was so manipulative towards her and she was so incapable of like calling him out because I think that's what my fiance like the thing about the show is it feels like everyone feels like they have to pick someone. 
And it feels like they are like, great, I don't want to go home and not pick a husband or not pick a wife. So I'm just going to pick a body. And that doesn't make the experiment work. Like if you feel like, great, I'm on this show and I need to pick someone, then you're just going to pick whoever is there, which is quite similar to the dating world. Like, great, I'm just going to settle for anyone. You could have done that outside of the show to begin with, honestly. Is the premise of the show like you have to go with the person and marry them? Like, what if you just refuse? Do you That's lose? the thing is that like, it's like folks cannot pick someone. It happens. But I feel like with these people that they picked, which you can tell the producers are handpicking them. It mm-hmm. seems like they've, they're, they are being coached into relationships. Like, it, it, like, I feel like if this show was genuine, then I don't think they would like have picked people like they picked, but I can feel right. like there are just like producers who are like off camera, like setting up who gets to go in what room at what time. Cause like at some point there was this really shady move that I do think the producers did where this guy, like where the white guy uh, who's really creepy and probably is, is coked up. He's um, he tells like the um, the Asian American girl that he like likes her and that she, you know that great you're my girlfriend. And they're like oh that's so cute. And the show knows that this other white woman likes this guy Shane. So when he's going into pod, they have the white woman go. Uh, they, they have the Asian woman go before the white woman, and the white woman and the guy had this really weird sexual thing. Where he's like great. What, like, hey, what are you wearing? Oh, I like what you're wearing. And so when he normally goes in there with her, they swap them and they bring in the Asian girl. And so she goes in and she goes, hey, he goes, oh, hey, how's it going? What are you wearing? And she's like, excuse me? And he was like, wait, aren't you uh, old girl? He was like, no, it's Natalie. And I'm like, you got set up by the producers. They knew it was going to happen. They knew that you were going to, like, if you thought it was that old girl, you were going to ask about what are you wearing? So they had... They swapped her around and set up this conflict. So right now, like you're yelling at her about like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a dating show. I don't understand why you're being so mean to me. Like, I thought you were the other girl. It's okay. Just do you want to be with me or not? And he's like, Hey, like, I'm just exploring my options. Like, I like you. And it's just like, this whole scenario is like red flags galore. And aiming, this girl still picks this man, despite that moment. (gasps) Despite him gaslighting her the whole time. Because again, they don't tell you you have to pick someone. But I'm like, it's weird that you have this moment of conflict. And then the next scene, you're like, oh, he's, I love him so much. He's going to be a good husband. It's like, he fully gaslit you. You don't have to pick him. You don't. And it's weird. It's weird because like. Almost all of them, and it's like, I think out of all the couples, only two actually got married, and the other ones were like, I'm not going to marry you at the altar because that's the way the show works. And the one couple that got married are the couple where, like, the girl doesn't like herself, and it's like, I did not think you would get married. How did this happen? Like, why did you do this? Like, I don't... Divorce immediately. Literally. It's like, none of these are going to last. Like, she... I give it a month. Obviously needs therapy because she's fighting with you about why you like her. And then it's like, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. And then the white guy, thankfully, thankfully, the Asian girl figured out that she needed to cut her losses. But he had to go over above and beyond to prove how much of a dick he was. He gets drunk <laughs> one night and off camera, we find out that he tells this woman, you're the worst thing that's, that's ever happened to me. And I hate you. That happens off camera. Meaning that's what it took for her to cut ties with this man. Not all the other nonsense. It right. took him telling her, 
I hate you. You're the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And then like the day of the wedding, he's like surprised. She doesn't want to get married. He was like, hey, what's going on? Like, why don't you want to get married? She was like, you told me you hate me. He was like, I was just angry. I didn't mean it. She was like, that's a then why did you say well, I was just emotional? I was like, but you're always emotional. And then at some point, and then at some point, he decides to say, Well, you know what? I felt how I felt. And she was like, So you hate me? Because I was I felt what I felt. And then he walks away and it's like this man is terrible. Put him in jail. This man is a coked up nightmare. <laughs> I don't know what he's he's he does. He does something that warrants jail time because <laughs> uh, all in all, I've been in therapy. The reunion episode is Friday, and I'm absolutely going to watch it on the phone. Oh course. God! There's, There's more. Yes, because Netflix. Netflix is doing this like week thing with this, oh like with like with like God. a lot of shows. So with mm-hmm. this show in particular, they do an episode a week, and so like, and also they do this, this thing where like the cast can't post on social media at all until the series wraps so mm. people are going on to their instagram trying to like figure out like are they married are they still together like nothing it's nil nobody's married so because like they want to wait till like of course the reunion to like talk about like who got who stayed married after their big day and we gotta wait to find out and like also like who still has drama because there are several love triangles this season. And, oh, no. uh, but yeah, so on the fourth, uh, my fiance and I are going to go to uh, probably to SF to watch with a bunch of these other people who also like garbage watch <laughs> a watch party. So we're going to watch it and just be disgusted by the people that are on it. Um, but yeah, I watched all of this. Uh, and I got so invested that I even went to find these people on Instagram and like stalk their Instagram to like, <laughs> I gotta oh, know. No. I gotta know what's happening next. You've like, gone you, too far. You've gone too that's far. That's how far the show took too me. Far. I was like, I'm no, like, you're I, not the only one. I miss yeah, the Bachelor. I'm with you, with my friends. I miss the Bachelorette. Uh, I miss 90 Day Fiance. I miss all these things. Not but this one fiance. show pulled me into the point where I am actively using my free time to cyber stalk these people to be like, did you leave that <laughs> asshole or no? I need to know if you're still together or not. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I did for too hot to Ugh. handle. I didn't. I didn't for those people. So I don't yeah. feel bad. Dating shows are ridiculous, and also uh, dating itself is already scary enough. Why add the embarrassment of the entire world watching you uh, right. date a terrible person right. and or uh, talk about sex with this person on TV? Because that's also weird. Like they were just talking about sex and things, and right. Like there also there were some women on that show and some men on that show who were like. Y'all need to pump the brakes. Like, this is a lot. Like, one girl at some point was like, and it was a great, it was a great, like, it was great how they shot the show because they, like, asked this girl beforehand why this experiment means a lot to her. It was great. It's good to know that, you know, I'm a blonde with big boobs. And, like, I feel like whenever I date, men just only think of me as, like, this vapid sexual thing. Smash cut to her being in her pod, asking this guy, so how often do do you like to have sex? And I'm like, girl. You just said you wanted to avoid that. Why is that your question? You said on camera, I want to be on the show because I, people think I'm a sexual being. And your first question out the gate is how often do you have sex? Followed up by I do everything. What? What's wrong with these people on the show? I remember looking at Camille being like, oh my God. <laughs> She went zero to hundred real quick for this project. Right. Like she didn't need to go that hard. Like, come on, girl, what happened? 
I want, if I was a producer with God, money, please. I want to see, if, it, if we're going to continue this dating reality show forever, I want to see a reality dating show that features older people who, you know, they've either lost their significant spouse, they've been divorced, they've never been married, and I want to see a wholesome dating show of older people, like, going on excursions, learning about each other, <laughs> and then seeing if we can you know, start dating, which, you know, the reunion show could be like, are y'all engaged or not? Like, I want to see something like that. And that's something that I, that's never been done before. And I'm like, I'm about to write the the script for this. And if submit you it want something wholesome want cat that. that's dating, you should watch on Netflix, Love on the Spectrum. Love on the Spectrum. Love on the Spectrum. Love on the Spectrum is a dating show for several adults who have autism. And they're Ooh. getting into the dating world, and it is honestly really beautiful. Okay, I it's will beautiful watch that. because like a lot Seems of them like are like it's a first time dating, and a lot of them are just so cute on these dates. Right. Like they go right. above and beyond. They find flowers to the person. I think you're really beautiful, and like, um, do you want to go on, like on a second date? And like, you don't have to. You don't want to. But I really like how you brought up this one because like it's it's just this really cute show, uh, mm-hmm. and I think it's wholesome because they're like great. Like I'm looking for a partner. Like you know, I'm finally independent. Aww. I want to have something that I can share like my world with us. We can be independent together. Like my mom is like really, you know, into taking care of me, but like, I'm trying to be an adult and date. And like, I want to be independent and I want to have a relationship that is like everyone else. Like I want to have a normal thriving relationship. And I think a part of that is me getting out there and dating. And it's so wholesome. It's so cute. Well, I'm probably going to watch it out. Well, check that out and watch it. Cause you know, my go-to reality dating show with sexy beasts and where do you know why oh my god the, the, the furries <laughs> like the furries I that. that was a different twist Cat and I didn't have to deal furry. with the drama Cat it was is, just Cat is furry hilarious. adjacent right now Cat is very furry <laughs> adjacent hilarious. so I like I will check out love on the, on the spectrum, spectrum because that sounds still in my lane but more wholesome it's really cute. I, that's the only thing I will watch if it was going to be dating I'm like I will watch this because <laughs> all I know is that my, all my friends on their social media could not stop talking about love is blind mind you these are the same people that watch 90 day fiance like every episode of everything mm-hmm. and so i have never seen so much drama and so many stats yeah. like, what are they talking about i never knew who they were talking about then it was like hashtag love is blind and then they're like love is blind season two they're already like green lighted mm-hmm. you already know it's going to be even more the more crazy than this one i'm just like yeah, I mean, what is this show? apparently a lot has changed for this season. Apparently, in the last season, like no, uh, once the couples coupled up, they only saw each other, and that was kind of the whole show. In this season, once the couples couple up, they get to meet everyone else. They didn't get to choose. They have oh. a party because, of course, this stirs up the drama because now it's like, oh, he didn't pick me. Now I get to talk to him and be like, so is that person the one you want, or do you want to be with me? Oh, so like, no. they, they, what? they took the they took what happened last night. Like, Yo, how can we make this more drama? Let's just have mind you, it isn't one party, it is several events where they have people show up and see the people they didn't pick multiple times no. together. This is not a good idea. It's terrible. Yeah. And also there's like one couple on here who honestly wasn't a couple, but the guy on here refused 
to acknowledge that this woman and him weren't compatible after he picked her. And it just kept showing them like she leaves them in Mexico because like, I can't do this. And he like, I'll Damn. wait for you. And it's like, she doesn't want to be with you. Then he goes and meets her parents. And it's like, what is happening? What? He, she doesn't want to be, why are you meeting her parents now? Oh and then of course you find out that the, the, the fun thing is, is that, you know, they, this is of course played up. He's an atheist and she's like a like an evangelical Lord. Christian. And she's like, we are not compatible. I believe in Jesus and you don't. And he's like, we can work around that. <laughs> <laughs> he literally says, we don't have to agree on the same things. And she's like, that's a huge thing for me. That's, that's pretty much a daily culture. And then thing. at some point, like the dad asked him, So are you a man of God? And he was like, I mean, I'm a man. Um, and it's just like, oh my God, this isn't gonna work. My dude, like just cut your cloth, cut, cut it. And this goes Stop. back to like the show fully is like dipping deeper into like the mess bucket of like, we need to stir up as much as possible because none of this makes sense. Like it, it's no longer about finding love. It's about how can we make this as messy as possible and pull in viewership? Because the entire time everyone has like a, a every couple is like problematic in certain areas that just like add to the drama and we just negate all the other people we've met on episode one and two that are also there on the game show like they are completely cut out of the show we know nothing about them ever ever again we see them every other like we see them at a party afterwards but like it's just like they are only focusing on the hot people and the people that bring the drama which hey Hey, they did their job. Get got those you clicks. watching. Insta stalking. I got me insta stalking. I got me watching on Friday, March fourth, <laughs> Netflix. You're going to a whole, but you're going to a whole event just to watch it. That's how they, you oh, know you're down bad about this. I'm going to hate you. watch it with a group of people and get drunk <laughs> right. and shout at the TV screen. Yep. <laughs> I mean, full 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 transparency. I interrupted Camille's book club today because I heard one of them talk about Love is Blind. And I, typically, what? I ignore her book club and like do my, and play like a video game, read a book. I came from the living room into the office like, and I had to share Shane's an asshole. And I fully sat next to her while she was Skyping into the book club to talk about Love is Blind to her book club friends. So like, oh, actually, I'm gonna go now. But anyway, so sorry that I walked away, but I had to like, I, I had to have this conversation I gotta go talk about it. I gotta, I gotta get my opinions. I gotta go in there real quick. <laughs> so Mind anyway. you, I have sliding doors, so I fully open the slide. Like, like so fully paint the photo to you all. If someone could illustrate me, be like, what happened? Love is blind. Chase an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm that down bad so, i'm that down bad would about you the recommend so if people like let's say 90 day fiance and the bachelor oh, absolutely. if you like 90 day fiance, this is no, your type of show specifically if you like 90 day fiance specifically this is your show yeah i feel like it's the same thing if that. you like yeah. mess this is chock full dating. of it no no just mess because it's just mess like everyone on the show and like there's one character in here who is like king messy this dude is literally in everyone's business and i love him for it he's like smart. homeboys all the time like wait so i i thought you didn't like her then why'd you pick her i'm like my god Nick. <laughs> that would be my favorite character i'm like nick you out here just ask all your questions and then he goes back and then he goes to someone else so so i thought you like like the the other guy because he was because he was taller why'd you pick that guy 
do you do you want to get married with him for real? Do you want to change, maybe? And it's like, Nick, you stirring that pot, my man. You stirring that pot. Nick, Nick Lachey. <sighs> Not Nick Lachey, just another guy named Nick, but also it's Nick Lachey is Nick? also the Lachey's <laughs> are the hosts, which I don't know if that's a selling ticket. I, Lachey's? I'm, so him and his wife or him or his brother? No, no, he, he, sorry, him and his wife. It's Nick Lachey and okay. Vanessa Lachey. And I didn't even know that, that Nick was married. I'd fully have cut yeah, him out of my was, brain. Uh, she was an entertainment MTV. correspondent. So MTV. makes sense. When I first saw him, I was like, is that 90 degrees? Like, oh, shit. <laughs> I had to run through my boy band Rolodex. Like, wait, who's that again? Not Nick Carter. All oh, right, Lachey. <laughs> this is true. You have to go through the Carters yeah. before you get to the, the other boy band with the brothers. So it's yeah. Not Aaron Carter. Not Nick Carter. Uh, not, not Not Joey <laughs> Fatone. Like not Lance Bass. It did Bass, not take. But close. You gotta be kidding me. Uh, not, not JC. Uh, I think you're really enjoying your new microphone too much with this. <laughs> I am enjoying it immensely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, that's pretty much it. That's, that's Love is Blind. And um, that's my thoughts on it. Honestly. Love is a mess. Love, honestly, like... that's the title. Love is a mess. I'm going to talk about it more on, on, on my corner because I'm still dissecting it. I have more oh, thoughts. But can't wait. It's just wait, a lot. wait, are you going to do a, a, a recap of the reunion on your show? I am. I might do a special recap after Friday. So like drop. Because like I'm like, a, I haven't watched the show, but I am interested in. I might. I might record a normal episode this week, and then like on Friday, like Saturday morning, to start recording. Like I gotta Marlon's get my quarter. thoughts up there. He had quick. to talk about it. I had to talk about it, you guys. <laughs> I had to. It's mess, y'all. It's messy. You know, I love it's mess. Messy. Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> Trash panda. Trash panda. <laughs> Trash panda at it again with my big old hands and opposable thumbs and I'm opening up the lid and I'm digging it out and I'm eating all the trash in the Netflix catalog. Exactly. Um, well, that's that, y'all. Thank you so much, Marlon. Yeah. Anything else to add to the document? Uh, and we're today? black, y'all. And we're black, y'all. And as a matter of fact, and we're black, y'all. And we're blick, black, blicky, black, blicky, 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 black, happy black history month, y'all. Yeah, happy Black History Month. Um, This has been one of the most interesting ones so far, Um, but a lot of great content and stuff came out in the in the positive look of things. A lot of great things like we have Abbott Elementary, so good things. And then there's just really more great things on the horizon to look forward to um, the rest of the year because you know we celebrate Black History every day here. Um, But with that, I want to thank our listeners for taking the time to uh, check us out for the day. Thank you for making us your podcast show of the hour. Don't forget to stop by on our uh, social medias on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, geekforcepodcast.com. I messed that up. Geekforcepodcast.com. I wish we can also put that as our website. Whatever. Um, yeah, don't forget to check out us on there as well. Until then, everyone stay safe. Uh, stay safe. Support a black owned business and geek on. This episode of Queston Media's Geek Force was produced in Richmond, California.